Hi, this is Donna Otto. We are a ministry uh, that serves women. Uh, we encourage women to make the priority of being a woman of God, a wife, a mother, and a homemaker among the myriads of things we are privileged to do as women and that we would make this priority high enough that we would create a new generation of marriages and families. And at this time of the year, we always set aside the days to count an opportunity to prepare our hearts for Easter, for the celebration that is coming, the celebration of Good Friday and Easter Resurrection, for all the activities that come near Easter. And we've been encouraging you to try some new activities. There are a number of resources that you will find on our website that are all free to you that would encourage you perhaps to make an Easter basket, to make a candle, to uh, do something that would um, bring you closer uh, to the Lord. There's a calendar that gives you a portion of scripture to read every day. There will be some basket to make for the Holy Week. There are a number of resources there under the holiday of Easter, and we hope that you will make time to go to that resource and use them. Part of the opportunity that we have during this time is to talk about some of the disciplines of our lives. Um, we talked about fasting yesterday, and I, today I wanted to spend a few minutes and talk to you about prayer. We're always looking for this prayer to become a bigger portion of our lives. Uh, Henry Nowen, who is a contemporary, um, died in the 70s, said these powerful words, I don't always have wonderful thoughts or feelings when I pray, but I believe that something is happening because God is greater than my mind and my heart. The larger mystery of prayer is greater than what I can grasp. I want to read that again because it is so enormously powerful to me. I don't always have wonderful thoughts or feelings when I pray. Do you feel that way? I do. If anything, I have angst and um, disillusionment and discouragement. I question myself and I question the process. But he goes on to say, but I believe that something is happening because God is greater than my mind and heart. And, and I remember when I read that thinking, this thing about prayer, which is a communication with God, I've made it about me again. I don't always have wonderful thoughts or feelings. So I want to talk to you just for these few minutes we have together today about prayer. Uh, our time together is brief, and um, I, in some ways when we approach subjects like that, I'm glad it is because it gives you just a snapshot of something to think about. The beginnings of prayer for me were very odd. I was a teenager when I recognized that God wanted to be in charge of my life. My life was in chaos due to a very chaotic family, and someone told me that God would bring calm into the chaos, and I, he wanted to know if I would be interested in that. I said I was. And there were women in my church, mostly women, but pastors and men as well, who regularly spoke about time with God, quiet time, surrender time, prayer time, devotional time, and they always talked about it in very lofty terms. As a matter of fact, they talked about it in long extended periods of time. 
And I remember thinking, all right, well, if I'm going to be devoted to Jesus, then I better figure this thing out about prayer. And for those of you who have listened to me for a long time, you've heard this little story before, but I got myself very organized. Even as a teenager, I had a natural bent for things organized, and I took my twin bed in my mother's room apartment where we lived, and I made the bed, and I can still remember my shoes were under the bed, sitting next to each other. I'm kind of a neat neck, even then, and everything was clean, and I had an old dial clock. Now I'm dating myself. But I had heard these people say they spent an hour with the Lord. So I was now prepared to, to do that. And I got on my knees because I had been told that prayer posture was important. I got on my knees against my little twin bed. It's kind of a Norman Rockwell picture as I look back on it. And I looked at my clock and it was 8 o'clock in the morning. And I began. And then I prayed, probably like I talk, as fast as I could. And, and then I thought, Oh my goodness, I have nothing else to say. I don't know who else to pray for. I don't I didn't have a Bible. I didn't have anything to read or use the scripture to pray at and I looked up at the clock and it was eight oh two. And I, I had just done all the praying I knew how to do. And I thought, Oh no. And again, going back to now when I don't always have wonderful thoughts or feelings when I pray. Well, guess what? I didn't have a very wonderful thought or feeling. I thought, I have failed at this. I have failed at this. And I will never be able to pray. Uh, I, I felt terrific about entering into the idea, but then I failed at it. And then, as I continued to grow in my walk with Christ, I had these questions. Does it really matter if I pray? I mean, they're telling me God is God and he's in charge, so what can I do? How long should I pray? And what should I pray about? And should I pray with lists? And how can I pray for everything? On that day that I knelt and prayed for two minutes and thought I had prayed for everything, I had not yet discovered the make-a-list prayer. Well, Do you have any idea how many people I could pray for from my list, from all the ages and stages of my life, my family members, the daughters of my heart and their families, I, I, the list is, is enormous. I, I didn't know that on that day that I knelt to pray. But how can I pray for all of that? Is there any organization to this? And when I finally reduced all of these questions down to my feelings about prayer, I remembered it wasn't about my feelings about prayer. Now one was right. I don't always have wonderful thoughts or feelings when I pray, but it's not about me. I add that. He did not say that. But I believe that something is happening because God is greater than my mind and heart. And I began to understand that. I remembered the train illustration where the engine was truth and the caboose was feelings. How I felt about it didn't matter. It wasn't about whether I felt failed or successful or euphoric or dark. The truth is that praying is a great deal about faithfulness. Praying is about entering into a communion, a union with God. I remember when I first learned to sit still. No one ever taught me how to sit still. Mr. Lewis, my fifth grade teacher, tied me to my chair with a piece of rope and put a piece of duct tape over my mouth. 
horror of horrors in the public schools in Chicago, Illinois. I'm sure he is long gone from this earth, and I'm not going to sue any school system for doing that. But in those days, things like that happened. Uh, why? Why did he put that rope around me in the state? Because I was constantly raising my arms saying, Mr. Lewis, can I go to the bathroom? Mr. Lewis, can I get up? Because no one had taught me that I needed to sit still. And I began to set a timer to teach myself to sit still. And I began to set a timer for prayer. I thought, I've just got to expand this. I don't have to get to one hour tomorrow. And I would set the timer only so it wouldn't be distracted. Because if I didn't set it, then I'd be looking at my watch and trying to figure out what it was. So I decided how long, and then I made the space for God. And then I created a basket. I know we've talked about Easter basket, but there's also a free resource on our website, and that's a prayer basket. Uh, and I, again, needed help, and I found myself, oh, I'd get up because I needed a pencil. Oh, maybe I need a red pen. Then I needed a Bible. Then I wished I had a devotional book. I needed Kleenex for my nose. So I just put all of that into a basket. And so now I had made a space, and I had made a place, I'd made time, I had my stuff. Sometimes I felt something like a burst of connectedness. Other times I felt nothing except the satisfaction of my faithfulness. Emily Griffin, who um, has written a book called The Small Surrenders, she may have written other things, but this is the only book of hers that I have. She said, we should not think that our prayers are ever a waste of time but rather accept the variations and moods as a part of God's grace in our prayer time. I love that. Now, I love words. And I thought that she gave words about prayer that I had never considered before. I'm going to read her words again and then give you six words as we end our time. We should not think that our prayers are ever a waste of time but rather accept the variations and moods. I feel something. I come away glad or sad as a part of God's grace in prayer. One, beginning is a word. When we return to prayer after resisting it, and you are just like me. I stay away from my closet, I stay away from my closet, and then I have this sense of I've resisted it so long, how do I begin again? God is a God of beginnings. Yielding is the second word. The surrender we make when we give way to the prayer experience to God speak to us. I yield myself to it. I'm not in charge. It's not about how I feel. Darkness. Sometimes I'm struck. I am just unable to to get past it. The scripture talks about the groanings that are so deep that I have no mental ability to understand it. I have had times of prayer where the only word I could call it is darkness, and I thank Emily for that word. Um, it's that sense, again, of what is this about? Who is this about? Transparency is the second to last word, and I think that's an overused word, but in prayer, I acknowledge that I am letting God, I am saying to God what God already knows. I let God know that I know that he knows. I know, but it's a part of the process of human connection to the one true God. And lastly, clinging. Years ago, my husband and I hiked to the bottom of one of the box canyons in the Grand Canyon called the Havasupai Canyon. We hiked down, and uh, we got down there, and there was a body of water there and a huge rope from a big tree, and everybody 
small children and large, adults, young and old, were grabbing onto this rope and swinging out and dropping into the water. And I was in my 30s, and I, but I, I was determined to do that, but I was terrified, just, just terrified. I was so terrified. I had so many fears. I was fearful of the water below me. I was fearful that I would swing back into the rock. I was fearful that I would lose my swimsuit. And I can remember the only thing I did was grab a hold and cling onto that rope. I could still feel the sensation. And all I had to do was remember to let loose. And so I think this prayer is about clinging. It's like clinging onto that rope that swings out over the body of water. And we can cling to Jesus when our fears are diminished. And I know that God is a part of my opportunity to be close to him during these things called prayer times. Take the days of preparation for Easter and practice, 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 practice prayer. There are few promises that I can make to you, women, but this one I can make to you, that your life will be different if you will take this year, centuries, year, centuries old tradition founded in God for prayer. Make prayer your friend, not your enemy. This is Donna Otto. Remember that the common begin and the uncommon finish and make this expectation of prayer a part of your preparation for Easter.